brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Hey, welcome to this uh, Sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. Uh, this is good old boy Mike. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m. This is a one-hour show that's mildly entertaining for 22.3 minutes oh, today. We Ooh, gained a little better. bit. I'm, I'm going that's 20 seconds right yeah. there. You, yep. We're banned in three countries, one entire state, six municipalities, and Aunt Martha will still not speak to us. Our soft oh, gold. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right off the bat, man. It just, just had to go right there, didn't he? Of course that's getting a buzzer. Our, our soft goal is to offend at least one person every episode, and today's target is going to be... You're already done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people who Coming think today. <laughs> I know people who think the windy city is all about the wind and dramatic pause. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is good old boy Mike at the table. I have a huge crew here to talk about uh, our show for today. Joining me here is good old boy Jason. Good to be here. Uh, we have uh, I'm going to say good old gal uh, Julie uh, Julianne. Good old gal Carrie Ann. Where's Julianne? No, she's not here today. Good God. Good old gal <laughs> Carrie Ann is Carrie. joining us. Say hello. Hello. And uh, good old boy John. Still proud to be here. <laughs> uh, good old boy Harmeet. Let me say something. <laughs> Again. Oh I'm only a good old boy because I'm married into an Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Roll Tide. I roll Tide. That's right. Can can you in, press that buzzer India, button again? In India, we don't for know me. what you're talking about. This good old just, boy thing. Just, there you just go. Get, just keep buzzing. Made Man Bob, thank you for joining us. Always good to be here. And Made Man Brent, it's a pleasure to be here today. Uh, both uh, Made Man Brent and Made Man Bob are joining us from the Bourbon Mafia. Why don't you guys take a minute to tell us a little bit about the Bourbon Mafia? Well, the Bourbon Mafia is a group of uh, high-end enthusiasts and industry professionals. Um, we he means by by high-end, he means rich. <laughs> <laughs> we love rich people. I, I wouldn't know rich. about that part. But, uh, <laughs> but Bob, has, Bob has kids going to college and, uh, soon. Other so events. We do a lot of charity work and a uh, great group of people. Thank you very much. Carrie Ann's joining us from her blog, which is Straight Up 615, as well as a lot of other great activities. Carrie Ann, why don't you introduce some of the, your blog and some of the other things you do uh, for our audience? My official job title is Tennessee Whiskey Evangelista. I work for a little distillery Ooh. called Ten South, and I write about all things happening in the Tennessee spirits world for Whiskey Wash and my blog, Straight Up 615. Thank you very much. This show is sponsored in part by The Bourbon Review, a quarterly magazine, an online source for all things bourbon. Check them out at www.thebourbonreview.com. And also, Fine Spirits, home of the Enomatic Machines, serving great products by the glass www.finespirits.net all right so listen i had a listener actually ask me if i was actually saying enema machine <laughs> i was I, I just was getting ready to order one i was just wondering if 
<laughs> do I get one as a gift so for being like, on the show? No, it's a liquor store. I mean, you know, I guess I need to work a little bit more on my Midwestern diction. So I would say enigmatic machine, you know, while I'm actually reading our uh, sponsors post. So anyway, uh, it's 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 enomatic. Well, see, like enophile like like wine lover. That's even getting it's closer a, to it's the sphincter. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> An enophile is that what he just said? Enophile, enophile, like O And you actually thought that I would say that correctly the first time. No, I saw one of those enophiles. He was on Facebook, and they were talking about arresting him. They called that dude. They will arrest me because they think I'm Muslim, but I'm not. All right. Well, our sip segments are all about wine, yeah. distilled spirits, coffee, tea, and God forbid, whatever else is on this show. Today's episode is a distillery takeover on Few Spirits and the Splinter Group. We'll be covering these products today. We'll be talking about Few Spirits bourbon, rye whiskey, and their barrel gin. And from gin the gin was not on the, the job description for me, and it's gin. <laughs> gin, yes. But it's brown. Yes. And from the Splinter Group, we're going over two products, Slaughterhouse and Straight Edge, are the two products that we're uh, covering from them, as well as the three from Few. So two very different approaches, uh, what we're going over today. Now, Few Spirits, actually, they make all their own products, and Splinter actually sources all of their whiskey. So... Um, you know, there's actually kind of a focal point for uh, the Splinter Group on the barrel finish uh, because we'll talk a little bit more about Dave Finney. You know, we kind of swing around to the Splinter Group and a lot of the buzz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've actually asked Bob to cover some of the background on Few Spirits Distillery, and we'll get right into the tasting after we cover some of this background material. Take it away, Bob. All right. The first distillery within the city limits of Evanston, Illinois, Few Spirits, was founded in 2011 and represents the grain and glory of the American Midwest. Uh, we make grain spirits. You said Midwest and glory in the same sentence. Yeah, I don't tell you. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying. And we make grain spirits because we're in the country's breadbasket, says founder Paul Huetko, uh, whose distilling philosophy is grain to glass. We're able to source our corn, wheat, and rye regionally, much of it from farm cooperatives. A former patent attorney, don't hold it against him, his mother thinks he's a garbage man, uh, <laughs> Letko overcame antiquated laws in order to root few into Evanston, one of Prohibition's birthplaces. Today, the alley entrance still evokes the feeling of an era's hidden production. Located in a former repair shop for cars of unknown ownership, few has 2,700 square foot of distilling floor and 400 square foot of tasting room. Although the science of the distillation process is relatively simple, the art is not, and the approach of our distiller is the distinguishing factor. We do not buy neutral-based spirits made anywhere else and then distill it onto our own, says Letgo. We made the grain alcohol here. We control the ingredients, the techniques, and the equipment. And they have a chop-chop. Mm. <laughs> and you get your muffler fix in the same neighborhood. Yeah. <clears throat> so definitely well, from... Uh, you know, he, is, he is an attorney, so, you know, I mean, there might be some funny stuff going on, but uh, hell of a nice guy. I met him at uh, Whiskey Fest in Chicago, and uh, a very, very great place. Um, and here's more of Paul, to uh, Paul talking about this history. Can't get in here without walking down an alley, which is kind of picture perfect for a distillery in the home of Prohibition. The name few kind of is intended to evoke the fact that we don't make a lot, we just make a few. We are a grain-to-glass distillery and what that means is that we actually make alcohol here on site. 
So we bring in all of our Midwestern grain, we mash it, we ferment it, and then we distill it. We actually create a product here, and that's why our products taste different than everybody else's. The business kind of started a few years back. I'd been a home brewer for about 20 years. Didn't really want to do something with beer because it was too close. My grandfather had a lot of history in the beer business because back before World War II, his family owned a very large brewery in what's now the Czech Republic. After Hitler invaded, they didn't own the brewery anymore. He spent the rest of his life trying to get the brewery back and never did. I wanted to do something to help build on and honor that legacy, but create something new. One of the challenges in particular in the spirits business is that there is not a lot of bad spirits on the market. If you don't have quality, then you don't really have a whole lot. We currently have three whiskeys on the market and we currently have three gins on the market. We won a double gold medal at the New York International Wine and Spirits Competition for our white whiskey. It would certainly win a lot of critical recognition for our products. Not everybody's going to like a few spirits, but the few people who do are going to really like it. <clears throat> so, uh, thanks for the uh, background. Um, you know, directly from Paul himself there. And uh, so, I've asked Carrie Ann to share with us a little bit more background on few spirits. Sure. So, for his bourbon, Let Go mixes a bit of southern tradition and northern style in a mash bill or grain recipe of 70% corn, 20% rye, and 10% two-row malt. That's a regional barley. The bourbon is then aged in new white oak barrel, which few sources from a Minnesota cooper. Because the frost-free growing season is shorter there, the tighter grains of the wood produce a better balance of pepper and vanilla and make the tannins more intense, he says. At the cooperage, a cooper places an open-ended barrel over a super-hot flame, I think that's a technical industry term. And torches the inside. Super hot. <laughs> what if it's not super hot? What if it's just like Luke mild hot? Super hot. It's super hot. Yo, Benny, come over yeah. here. Let's make it super hot again. I know this term because oh, in the industry, that is how I am Stick described. your tongue on this. <laughs> yeah, I heard you're on the Swedish bikini team. Mm-hmm. There you go. Go Swede. Northern Alabama. Mm, yeah. Roadside. Ah, there uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm just, do anything I'm really to get back in Alabama. It's just a natural reflex that I have. <laughs> in Alabama, I understand this, but you know what? You'll get back in there one. No, you won't. Mm. Yeah. So we take that super hot flame and torch the inside until it reaches the desired char level, for which Letgo is on the heavier side. Darker chars caramelize the wood sugars to create more intense vanilla notes and a richer color. I'm um, gonna go with number four char here. Come on, just number four char, right? Number four crocodile. On the four spirits head right, makes <laughs> the American and barrel gins share a link to his old hobby, beer brewing. You can't just make a good gin, he says. You have to make a good gin that is different. And while Let Go adds American bread cascade hops, which deliver a citrus note that you won't find in other gins. Let Go also ages his amber-toned barrel gin in oak barrels previously used for the company's bourbon and rye, as well as in unused barrels. The gin from the different barrels is then combined to attain a balance of flavors and color. After all the work, the label hey, can we'll, only uh, say it's a barrel gin. <clears throat> we'll cover the rest of this right after this commercial break. Rolling clouds and crashing surf 
iridescent dunes reflecting by the light of a rising glowing moon seashore mesmerizing night breeze hypnotizing we've come across these back roads none too soon look to the left on the road my darling wondering if we're only passing through open roads and open windows my hand is yours forever sweet hey welcome back to sips suds and smokes on today's episode we're talking about a variety of products, a whole lineup from Few Spirits out of Chicago and the Splinter Group out of Napa Valley. Uh, we're going to cover all these products. Carrie Ann was going over some background on Few Spirits. We ran out a little bit of time there. So you're going to pick it up with the gen telling us a little bit more about this. So we're talking about barrel aging the gen and the government not allowing it to be identified as barrel aged. They say you can't put a gen in a barrel like it explains. Although I tell them we do have the technology. We call it a funnel. <laughs> Which What's is the also how level? one gets an enema. <laughs> I have in my nose. Extra information. Ooh, awesome. Out here in the heartland where prohibition got its start, Lego understands that not all laws are logical. That's mm. why charcoal filtrate Nash intimacy. Well, uh, so John is the declared newbie on this show, so we're going to stick with tradition and have our new host actually read the SIPs rating. So John's challenge is that he's going to have to read the Uh-oh. SIPs ratings that would embody the elements of sounding like he's having an enema while he's sharing with you the SIPs ratings for our show today. All right. Good old boy, John. John, John just remember, the liquid is cold. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, good old boy John. Sips ratings, number one. Bend over. <laughs> Give me an enema to wash out my mouth. <laughs> wow. Sips rating number two. Nice, but do you have an enema I can have? <laughs> well, isn't that nice? Sips rating number three. Hmm, interesting. Was that an enema you just gave me? (laughs) Sips rating number four. Let's keep this enema secret to ourselves. (laughs) Pour me another, another, please. (laughs) And sips rating number five. Oh my God! I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! 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 I don't think that was I'm a la- good enema. I don't think I've <laughs> laughed that. Good I have not laughed that hard with the Sips introduction in quite a while. You know, other than Jason trying to channel yeah, he a, 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 yeah, he a he's Tennessee relative. Impressive. 
The last show we did, we did it at a bar in Sarasota, and we had a woman running around like a lunatic. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that lady was awesome. And he didn't even laugh at that. So, yeah. Yeah. This is the most he's laughed. That's pretty funny. Well, we're going to. She was drunk two hours before we arrived. uh, At least. Um, And then some. Well, we're going to get right into our first products. Harmeet's going to give us some background on the bourbon from Few Spirits. Take it away, good old boy, Harmeet. All right. Well, few spirits, you know, like I said, they say few and few people uh, enjoy their bourbon. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, he's coming no, right out. They say harsh. they call it few because they it's a small production thing. This is the real deal. These guys are actually taking the grain. They're making it themselves. They're distilling. They're doing the mash themselves. They're doing the distill themselves. They're starting from scratch. This is not BS sourced whiskey. Well, I, I shouldn't even call sourced whiskey BS. I like sourced whiskey. So let me start again. Few Spirits is Southern tradition meets Northern rye. That's what they're about. So this spirit is distilled through the timeless dist- uh, liquor making process, uh, utilizing three grains. So they're infusing generations of Southern tradition, of spices of Northern rye, for a touch of and a touch of malt. To the smoothness of the corn, okay? Starting with really great corn, a touch of rye, and just a little bit of malted barley. So it's handcrafted, small batch, and it's, they use, I'm, I'm sure, do they have their own cooperage or are they, they're buying their barrels? Uh, they sure buy their they're, barrels. They're buying their barrels. They've won a bunch of awards. And they've been honored by the, the Beverage Tasting Institute. For, they've had a gold medal. They've had a couple silver medals, and they make some really nice whiskey. So, um, Mike, tell me, what do you think about this first bourbon? Well, uh, so it's very interesting that, I, you know, even the description of this as a bourbon itself, um, other than the mash bill, you know, kind of stepping into it, I would really almost go so far to say if we were doing this blind and I were to ask people if this is a bourbon, would you have picked it as a bourbon? No. John's saying no. No. <clears throat> no. No. Yeah. No. So, you know, I think that uh, it was the telltale th- uh, sign was actually my very first tasting note, which was it's very floral. Um, and I'm not saying that just because the barrel gin is absolutely filling the entire room, you know, but the. There was definitely a very heavy floral component. I really thought it was easy drinking, and I can see why this would appeal to a fairly you know broad audience as well. I gave it a four. You know, I just thought that it was uh, very approachable. Um, but I think that if I were to look at the label and say, "Is this bourbon a four? I would have difficulty in saying that. But the drink in the glass uh, was good. Um, good old good old boy, Jason. What do you think? So, I, whiskey-wise, the taste, I think it's middle of the road, it's mediocre, it's not horrible, it's not great. However, his process, his method, I completely respect his process and method. I think this whole farm-to-table, grain-to-glass movement that's going across America right now is a very respectable one. And I think the direction that he is going is a great one. I think this whiskey is too young. If it was me, I would have aged it for another two or three years, but I respect his process and method, so I'm giving it a three. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. So, same question. Were you tasting it for what it was or what it's what it is? 
I was tasting it for what it is. If I if I tasted this blind, I, I might have given it a less of a rating. But because I know of his process, I gave it a higher rating. Mm. And it, you know, just talking about like this whole grain to glass and farm to table. You know, there's been a lot of uh, shows and documentaries about that, and I just really respect the process. Good boy, John. What do you think about the few bourbon? As a bourbon or as a drink? As a drink, yeah. Let's stick with that. As a drink, I enjoy it. I but I drink all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I <laughs> as, as we're all looking around the room of four hundred bottles, you know, if I John said yeah, he enjoys water. water, I'm a paint thinner guy. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least I the paint's thinner now. You need to go. Look, my wife and her friends, we drink. they drink wine out of boxes. That sounds, I, that sounds like a good t-shirt, doesn't it? I, I don't mind a screw <laughs> cap on a bottle of wine. I'm a paint thinner guy. I don't mind a screw cap on a bottle of wine. But I have been, the as, a fairly, as a fairly newbie collector, I'm drinking lots of stuff. Mm. There and, and so... There's absinthe in the next room. There's we. I drink all kinds of stuff, and as a drink, I would give this a three. As wow. a bourbon, I give it a one. Ooh, I'm gonna go with a two to split here. Well, isn't that, that nice? <clears throat> go to Gal Carrie Ann. What do you think about Few Spirits bourbon? Look, I work for a little distillery, and we're making all our own things. And I understand the challenge of aging. This is young. Um, it's a little grassy. I'm really looking forward to tasting it in a couple more years. I gave it a two. Wow. I like grassy. I think that's a lot more of what I was picking up. Um, So I was saying floral, and after you said grassy, I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I I think it's a better description. Hey, it tastes a little English. Hey. Hey, Hey, girl. (laughs) Made Man Bob, what do you think about uh, the Few Spirits bourbon here? Uh, it's got a very uh, the nose is very putty like almost like a like a plumber's putty. Uh, I'm I'm getting hints of leather and oak, uh, a little in, linseed oil and sandalwood. Um, again, I, I I agree. It needs a little more time. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what this will be in another two or three years. If they leave it in the barrel. Um, I give it I give it a three. Ah, how about that? Interesting. <clears throat> Made man Brent, what do you think about the bourbon from Few Spirits? Okay, I have a different take on it. I uh, I love the I love that the the process that they're going through. I love it. I just when I had it, it really wasn't a lot of spice to it, and the the, the taste that I got of it was uh, a little of overcooked popcorn. Yeah, and, definitely a popcorn. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't. It just wasn't wasn't in my profile, and it doesn't mean that it's not in others. But I mean, I gave it a two. Mm, how about that? Well, isn't that yeah. nice? <clears throat> so, uh, Harmony, can I ask you to continue uh, going over the next product, which is the rye whiskey from a Few Spirits? All right. Well, um, I, I see how a lot of you guys are, are rating it as, oh, here's is the drink and here's the bourbon. Look, I just rated it as, as, a, as, you know, as a bourbon, actually. Look, the nose, I got a lot of oak. But really, it's young, and I agree with um, Carrie Ann. It's grassy, it's floral, Roll and that's yep. just because it, it needs time. Now, right. On the palate, it had good oak, it had good leather. It was, the corn was there. It just is way too damn young. And and I'm gonna guess here that they use spring corn, not winter corn. Winter corn has a lot more sugar to it. This did not have the sugariness I was expecting to uh, expecting to have. After I added the water. There was not a big change. 
and I, but I still gave it a three because you know what? I respect the process, and it's it's a decent bourbon. Mm. <clears throat> so let's swing around to talk about the uh, next product here in the lineup, the rye whiskey. So uh, here's a quick description from Few Spirits. The rye whiskey is born of hearty grain and patience. A generous rye content is married with the sweetness of corn from a genteel interpretation of the venerable spirit. Patiently aged and air-dried oak barrels, its char- spicy character transcends more resurgence. Behold the renaissance of rye. <laughs> I'm sorry. One day. <clears throat> enema? Yeah. <laughs> that was an enema of the mouth right there. I would choose this for my enema any day. There were so many big words in there. I am worthy of actually being qualified to drive after reading that successfully. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I know rye, and you, sir, are uh, no rye. A, a few, uh, few awards for the Few Spirits Rye. This was actually the Whiskey Advocate Craft Whiskey of the Year, and they also won a gold medal uh, in the Beverage uh, Tasting Institute. International Whiskey Competition also gave them a gold medal for this rye as well. Um, I, my quick tasting notes on this. Did no one else enter? Uh, I, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I really uh, definitely caught the rye up front. God. I actually love the spice. I really thought the the only thing that caught me around this was kind of a harsh finish. I thought there was some floral component to it. Again, you know, I'm not really quite sure. Maybe something in their yeast strain or, you know, that's kind of playing around with this that's kind of bringing the floral. And Carrie Ann's kind of shaking her head and... I'm, I've got to believe that's you know. Somewhere I believe, that's I believe she's from. saying you're wrong, Chuck. <coughs> this is one of those millennial Chuck, Chuck, entitlement. I, I know I call you Chuck. Achievement the, award. The, the dating yeah. game. Mike, you're Chuck now. Yeah. <laughs> so, a participation award. My sips rating is a three. Interesting. <laughs> uh, we're uh, um, we're going to be short on time here, so I'm going to pick uh, three more people. Good old boy, Jason. What do you think about the rye? All right. So I know around the table we've been giving few a hard time, but. I will say, I think this rye is going to be in a couple years extremely, extremely good. Mm. Um, usually when you taste young rye, it's, as Carrie Ann said, it's very grassy. It's very hay-like. I think the characteristics of the rye grain in this is extremely good. Um, I think it's young. I think it needs to go for a couple more years. But I would honestly say that of all the young rye I've tasted... This is one of the best ones I've ever had. Hmm. Um, I give this a solid three, but I am expecting fours and fives in the future. Hmm. There you go. Interesting. <clears throat> I'd rather taste this as a distillate right now and then wait a couple of years to hmm. really no, get no, into no, look, it. How much rye is I think, this? I think they're doing the right thing. Look, the nose is grainy and grassy like you're saying. It's just green. It has potential. Mm-hmm. I tasted this and I was like, oh my God, this is potential in a glass. Three, I agree exactly what he said. Three to five years more, this yeah. is amazing. I gave it a two now, mm-hmm. but I expect fours and fives yeah, out of it. Right, but, and I agree with you, but if you're comparing this to, you know, the Willet distillate, the LDI distillate, the stuff that's two and three years old, this blows that stuff out of the water. Oh, I mean, absolutely. that stuff is just yeah. hard to drink. Uh, on a At year, least year this basis, is like, this, is, this, is this has got some roundness no, no, flavors to it. I don't, I don't even lo- talk about Willet two-year-old or three-year-old. You get to the four to seven to ten. That's just that's just amazing. Well, I have but a look, question as a, I have a question as a consumer. If you choose to dump your two 
three-year-old rye on the market and expect me to buy it at my friend's stores, then how am I supposed to like it? Oh, and look, why, I why understand I, exactly what and, you're saying. And so what you yes. guys all just said, which I agree with, wow, this is going to be awesome in three years. Well, then keep it in your I wait think three years. Yeah. I'm not supposed to like it. And I'm not supposed to, you know, tell my friends to go buy it because it, it, should, be, it should be Make a side out of it. Make there, a mixed drink out of it. Well, you know what? That's a great point. Yeah. If I this, was this guy this in the retail store, rye. I would say Ooh, because it's very sweet. Yeah. This is it, cocktail it, it's rye. It's very sweet. Let's gather exactly. one. Cocktail yeah. rye. Let's it's gather right one more tasting note. Right in front of your face. Made Man Trent, what do you think about the rye here you've been drinking whiskey it's made man brent brent did i, I say trent? all you I white guys uh, look alike made, to me man, <laughs> made man brent what do you do think of the rye it's 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 very young i mean they they like to say that it's that you know it's up and coming and everything else and and it's great and and you can't compare it to something else because you have to compare it to itself you can't compare it to other products or other things that are coming out and i just think that they just released it too young i think if they waited another year or two and then released it and then gave some and then gave some honest opinions about it i think it would be better but to me it's it's just a two mm. that's well isn't that nice yeah. well let's move right along to uh the last product in the lineup from few spirits uh which is the gin here's the background on the barrel gin the Midas touch of oak and thyme. What was once clear is now complex, exuding subtle notes of fennel and peppery spices, while a smoky smoothness from the charred barrel permeates the juniper. This barrel-aged spirit tastes like gin, but has the maturity of a bourbon. Oh, boy, that's a huge stretch. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I like it. Several uh, several industry awards here for their barrel gin, um, beverage institute uh, gold medal, um, and I think that's it for the barrel aged gin, and the highest uh, rating award for a gin in the last five years uh, for this, that. This so. is the wrong panel for this. I mean, Carrie Ann likes it. I, I like, like it. it. Yeah, I like it. Mm. Damn good this gin. Is, this is not a bourbon <clears throat> drinker's gin. It's. Yeah. it's this is this is good Jennifer. Gen drinker's gin. Yeah. So I like the, the gin. So I like the conversation that Carrie Ann and I had before we actually flipped the mics on. She was like, well, "Which barrel aged gin do you like?" And I said, "I like the Corsair. You know, uh, barrel aged gin. I think it's really good." Um, That's fantastic, dude. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Andrea's uh, she's done a really great job, and Derek uh, both have really you know uh, done a wonderful job of trying to marry you know wood with with uh, the right spice you know and herbal components this i don't know there's just something off you know for me um i uh, here are the two things i wrote down i wrote down wintergreen gum and pine <laughs> were the two things that i wrote down in terms of the amount of uh you know spice that was kind of flowing off this so i mean really just uh amazing um you know the amount of uh you know introduction of wood you know into this as well i just kind of took me in a place that i didn't enjoy so my sips reading is actually a two for this well isn't that nice <clears throat> so um you know Look, i make a barrel aged gin and I, I really understand the process of it and i think they're doing a great job with this i haven't tasted the gin on its own to know what it's like before it goes into the barrel I would definitely, you know, all those barrel-aged cocktails, a, a little Negroni, something like that in here. I think it's hmm. 
I'd give it a good uh, solid four. A I like good it. Solid yeah. four. I, I gave it a four too. Yeah, I gave it a four as well. It's yeah, that's three fourths to your two. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> well, Fen- the fennel and the pepper is there. This is look. If it were made from malted barley, I'd expect it to taste more like Jennifer. I can tell this is a grain-based gin, mm-hmm. but the juniper is clean. The barrel adds a lot of great hey, stuff we'll to it. We'll be right like back in just a minute talking more about the barrel gin right after this break. As slow as a willow blows Or as fast as the whirlwind grows We glide beneath the stars in cobalt blue Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through My hand is yours forever, sweet love Our eyes ahead on these back roads with a view Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. Today we're talking about a variety of products, three products from Few Spirits as well as from the Splinter Group. We've covered a few products from the Few Spirits lineup. We just uh, were talking about the Barrel Gin product for the break there, and I was being told that two fours is better than a two. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, Bob, what do you think about, uh, main man Bob, what do you think about the... Uh, uh, Barely's gin from Few Spirits. I think they're really on the right path with this. I mean, it's an excellent gin. I mean, you're really getting the botanicals out of it. Um, the barrel aging is 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 definitely helping to marry the you know everything together. Uh, very good gin. I, I I thought it was excellent. I give it a four. Mm, how about that? So three fours and a two are definitely off base. <laughs> All right, which one of these things does no? Know- gin drinker, you are a bourbon. I am. I am a diehard gin guy. I'm telling you, I've I've probably had as much gin as I've had bourbon. So I don't like know. Jennifer. Maybe that not. Like like Jennifer. Maybe not. So, uh, but I have had a lot of gin, and I and I really do love. Hey. I yeah. love a wide variety of gins. I do. I. It's just some of those barrel aged products. You know, you just. Uh, it's you, you got to set aside your preconception about what it could be or what it should be, and just enjoy it for what it is in the glass. So, like it's not aging for years and years; no. it's a few months, and it's picking up just enough to change the flavor profile, but not take it over. And I think he's doing a great job of balancing all of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, Carrie is totally cooler than you, man. I'm just yeah. saying. Oh, well, I knew oh, that. Roll Tide. Totally. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> and. <laughs> Oh my God! And we regress once again. Open her mouth, (laughs) man. Every time, all that, all that. Four steps forward, ten steps back. All right. (laughs) So, (laughs) national champions. Uh, (laughs) Whoa! Look at the hot chick in the bikini. Oh wait, roll tide. I'm sorry. (laughs) Who's in control of post production editing? I know exactly what's going to get cut from that. And her mic has been muted. And seen. <laughs> All right. So uh, the last set of National products. champions. <laughs> we're going to talk about our. But my players can't read. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, 
highest uh, graduating class thank in you. the SEC. Uh, probably we'd like oh, to that, get to the Splinter oh, that, Group. Like, that debatable. Means you don't All have right. to read that bikini. Debatable. What about Vanderbilt? Jason, I've asked oh. you to take the background on the yes. Splinter Group for us here. Tell us all about Dave Finney and his uh, mastermind here. <laughs> Dave Finney is the mastermind behind these products, and many in the industry know Dave as all things from Orange Swift Wines. Dave took this strong knowledge of wine and decided that there was a crossover product for whiskey. With easy accessibility to barrels, it was really a matter of finding the right sourced product. The actual source is a mystery, although we do know bin to bottle is involved in the bottle process, as they are also used in Orin Hatch. This lit... Lineage. lineage. Oh, there you go. This lineage of sourcing great wine translated for I think you mean Orrin Swift. <laughs> Orrin Hatch is a freaking senator. Yeah, what yeah. is Orrin uh, Hatch? Uh, uh, Who wrote this? Uh, Who Mike, did write hell, this? Mike? What the hell? Isn't Orrin Hatch from Alabama? Uh, All right, I'm a, I'll start over. I'll start over on this. I'll start over I was drinking and typing at the same God. time. What can I say? He's got little chubby fingers. Sometimes oh, they hit multiple. <laughs> Try not to say <laughs> chubby and whiskey. I'm sorry. Can you see this figure. <laughs> it look chubby. The pole hadn't even he's, been installed. He's got yet. Donald Trump hands. Or I don't know. Swift. My finger is currently plugging John's. Or in uh, Swift. Don't talk about plugging. Please continue. <laughs> All right. The, the actual limp. the actual source is a mystery. Although we do know Binda Bottle is involved in the bottle process, as they are also used with Orin Swift. The lineage of the sourcing great wine translated for Dave, and everyone was buzzing about this product before it even hit the shelf. Very much so, and I mean there was a lot of industry buzz around this. Absolutely, I I I saw uh, huge ads and trade rags, you know, for months in advance before this bottle hit. And everybody and their brother was like, "Hey, have you tried, have you tried slaughterhouse? You tried slaughterhouse? You tried slaughterhouse? Have you tried slaughterhouse?" And it was like, uh, "I haven't even seen it on the shelf. It's like a mystery product." And you're like, "Dave, Dave Phoenix, he's just a madman," you know. So I really thought that the amount of hype, you know, even before these products came around, were a byproduct of a lot of things that he had experienced, you know, for. Uh, Orrin Swift itself um, and you know Prisoner was definitely just I felt like he was riding a lot of the tidal wave you know off of the wine products you know so um, we're going to taste the two products that are available. I've gotten drunk with this guy a couple times. Yeah. I love his wine. Mm -hmm. This is not the wine. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny, right? Wow! There. Stop <laughs> shipment. We'll give you the we'll give you the address of that store. Okay. So I've asked uh, I've asked John to actually introduce the slaughterhouse whiskey for us. Oh, really? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we distracted over there. You should be sorry. Are yeah. there any big words in here? Uh, yes, I would say oak is a big word. <laughs> white oak, Aero, red oak, or white oak. Um, you know what? After spending nine years in American oak, the spirit was further matured in our Papillon barrels, which added perfumed aromatics and rounded out the mouthfeel, capital mouthfeel. The spirit was then tamed with pristine water originating from a natural hillside spring found on Dave's property 2,000 feet above the Alexander Valley in California. Hmm. What are your uh, tasting notes on this, John? for a slaughterhouse you know what i like slaughterhouse i i don't have any notes written down but 
in addition to this plastic cup of slaughterhouse right here, I have an John, open. By, John, I have an I open feel bottle. Like you've been drinking whiskey for some time. You didn't take any notes. <laughs> I, I got this b- bottle of slaughterhouse here in my house, and I bought it because I want my friends to be able to taste it before they decide to go buy it. And I got no problem with this young whiskey. Mm. It's a young whiskey. What's your uh, sips rating? A three. A three. Interesting. <clears throat> so uh, my own uh, tasting notes really quick on this. I wrote down sweet wood, very heavy char. Um, th- that was probably the one pronounced. In fact, I actually triple underlined heavy, heavy, heavy char uh, off of this. Um, you know, I just uh, I remember the whole conversation when this came out. In fact, I think John and I actually exchanged some, you know, uh, it was like, hey, did you pick this up yet? Um, it's on the shelf. And I remember actually sending a, you know, probably five or six notes to some close friends and saying, hey, this is on the shelf. You should check it out. Um, it had a great price point. I really thought, you know, for the price, it was definitely worth, you know, picking up. I think that I, looking back in hindsight, I stepped into a lot of the hype. I really did. Um, but, for what the product is, you know, I I think it's a solid three as well. <clears throat> Let's gather a couple more uh, tasting notes around this. Uh, Made Man Bob, what do you think about uh, Slaughterhouse? Well, I'm picking up notes of uh, leather and sandalwood. Um, the, the, the key that I get to it, even though it says here that it's nine years old, it tastes a lot younger than that. Um I think another year or two in the barrel might really bring something out to it. I give it a good solid three. Oh, okay. Excellent. Interesting. And uh, Made Man Trent, what do you think about Slaughterhouse? Okay. Brent. It's Did Brent, I say it again? I'm going to get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get <laughs> you again. It starts with a D. It's Brent. <laughs> Mike, I think you might I absolutely know Brent. I don't know a Trent. Uh, sorry, Made Man You met Brent, Brent. in real life not no. too long ago. Dude. Yes, I absolutely what, know who was, on the, who was on the show with us. I'm sorry. We've been drinking just a wee bit. <laughs> you it, and I have both been drinking just yeah. a wee bit. Uh, but, I will but, say, all you but here's like the thing is that. Like just call me good old well, Louie. I think when they put this in the barrel... I just don't think that it had a high enough char. I mean, I don't know what 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 char level they used, but I would have liked to seen them use like one or two levels higher because I think they used a one or a two level char, and I just don't think it got the flavor that it that it deserves and it needs. And uh, I'm just giving it a I'm giving it a two. Is that a reused barrel or is that a well, char? Yeah. Barrel? No. Yeah. I think that's it's, the it's, discussion it's here that we've been having is that this is not a new charred oak barrel. Do you char a papillon yeah, barrel? That's what, I think that's what the problem I is. I think, he, if, I think if they use the I new would barrel, say no. I think that would really, really uh, help I, this out a lot. I think Labels a tell lot. you a lot without saying what they don't say. So this says American whiskey on it, and it doesn't say bourbon. Mm. It doesn't say it's straight. It doesn't say any of the things that would indicate... Because some wine dudes yeah, it's using it, it, it can't be yeah, straight. It can't be a bourbon because they're not new virgin American oak. Exactly. They're using Papillon barrels. Papillon is a, a red it's, wine. It's a Bordeaux style blend. It's mostly Cabernet Sauvignon. It's got a lot of Merlot. It's got a lot of uh, Cabernet Franc in it. It's it's a Bordeaux style blend. And it's a, it's a virgin. It or not, he say. It's a virgin uh, I, I don't prisoner know where the barrel. Original project comes bourbon. From, but the original bottle, uh, product comes. From phenomenal you know, boy so Jason. I mean, you know when, once they put it into phenomenal. those other barrels you know mm. i don't know that they can uh that it's i just don't i just don't get the the bourbon flavor out of it mm. well, good old boy jason 
so no, I've, I've, yeah, I've actually yes, fought for the last six months with uh, the labeling the oh, TTB. They they hate me because I actually want to tell the truth. But more importantly, um, well, a lot of when, whenever you age something in a secondary barrel, they do not like it they, at all. And they don't want you to label it correctly. They actually want you to lie. So there there's two ways that this can go when they put it in the wine barrels they could have the ttb could have designated as no longer considered a bourbon or a straight whiskey so you have to call it american whiskey that's that's route one that's, route, that's what they have on the route two is that he used whiskey that was aged in reused cooperage he sourced reused cooperage american whiskey which there is a good amount on the open market right now so that's that is that is product. my guess correct so your starting product yeah. is, is a reused it's a it's a new whiskey that was aged nine years old but it was aged in a barrel that had already held whiskey before that and that's my likely guess of where this whiskey came from um now when he put it in the barrel he had to From put Papillon. finished in bottles the the papillon barrels but mm. i mean it's just really how the ttb <clears throat> makes you label it and i think that's a major issue in america right now is that the ttb does not understand multiple barrels at all i they, think they the just papillon, don't know what to do i think the papillon barrel totally Look, got washed how, how, does, how does the scotch whiskey yeah. society yeah know it's not there scott scotland handles reused barrels perfectly correct they tell you right away you can use different wine finishes how is the ttp to understand this they they just don't get it i so like for my cumberland cask label they (laughs) i have tried to do um a multiple barrel product and i've tried to put on the label exactly the barrels that i did so i started off with a straight tennessee whiskey and then put it in another barrel the moment i put it in the other barrel they said it's no longer a straight tennessee whiskey it's not no you you know i understand where they're coming from because my, they don't want you to say straight Tennessee whiskey right, on that but, label. But I said it originated as straight Tennessee whiskey, and then it became a finished product. And I'm Got giving to. the end user all the information. They don't want me to give the user all that information. That's amazing. I mean, it, it. the laws are old and antiquated, and they need to change labeling laws. I have a theory. We're still in prohibition in this country, and I think we have a long, long way to go before we really come out of it. And... As states, we're all fighting it every day. It, it needs to be a bigger movement. And I, I, I know the source of all this. Diageo. Nope. The people that are part of T. <laughs> uh, the people that are running the TTB are all Alabama graduates. When <laughs> roll time. Roll time. When when Donald when Donald Trump names Alabama Senator Jeff Senator Jeff Sessions as his vice presidential running oh. mate, then it'll it'll all get fixed. Let's move on to the next product. Let's do that. Which is the Straight Edge Bourbon. And Carrie Ann is going to give us the background on the Straight Edge Bourbon from mm. Splinter Group. Straight Edge, Roll Tide. A <coughs> special spirit. <laughs> so special. Straight Edge is a blend of five, seven, and eight year old bourbon from Kentucky and Tennessee. The mash bill is approximately 70% corn with a balance of wheat and rye. The bourbon was finished at the facility in Napa Valley, where it was aged in mercury head barrels. Those are Dave's high-end Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. The barrels imparted toasty vanilla-ish and dried fruit notes, while also allowing the bourbon to soften and mellow. The spirit was aged at 124 proof and then... Titrated. Thank you. To its bottle strength. 
She saw tits. It's the of eighty-four proof. <laughs> it's the amount of sugar to water. I, w- I wish, she, I wish she had bottled this at higher proof. <laughs> yep. The water used was from Dave's ranch. Yes, it was from Dave's ranch. <laughs> from a cattle And that ranch is high in the hills of Alexander Valley. I believe we mentioned maybe over 2,000 feet. Mm-hmm. We did. This property is rugged, remote, and more importantly, the home to three aquifers that pump out pristine, crystal clear, idyllic water. <laughs> really? We're doing all that up there. Mm. The bourbon was bottled there in Napa Valley at their facility and released in the market in late 2014 with a mere 1,800 six-packs. Well, so the uh, the first thing that I thought of when I read through this, when it said uh, five, seven, eight-year-old bourbon from t- uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Ain't do got you, no bourbon in Tennessee. Do you see the dickle truck basically driving back and forth? <laughs> oh, absolutely. That was totally yeah. what... It was totally what I there saw. Is, there is more, all this there is more Tennessee whiskey than than Dickel and Jim Beam. You know, Diageo I mean, J- was J- fighting us to, no, no, to I mean, not I said have Jim to Beam, use. Jim Beam, sorry. Oh yeah, Diageo was fighting us to, on the Tennessee whiskey uh, definition to want to use those used barrels, and they found a use for them. Mm. So bully to them. So let's talk about uh, straight edge bourbon. Um, let's see. Let's go with Made Man Brent uh, real quick. Thirty seconds, bro. Oh, you picked the wrong person again. Oh man. Uh, no, once again, I just think that it's just not it's just not enough. I don't know where they went up, where they drove from Tennessee to to Kentucky and back and stuff. But I just don't think they got enough char in the barrel. I just don't think there's enough vanilla and and caramel in the product. You know, there. I think in uh, in two or three or four years, I think it's going to be a great product. Mm. And your sips rating. And your My sips rating. Sips rating. I'm going to give this one a three, go, 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 though. Three. There you go. Well, we've uh, run out of time for this episode to cover a bit more around straight edge bourbon. You can uh, check it out for yourself, as well as probably some of our tasting notes online. Well, let's wrap up our episode for today. A lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Woo. Go ahead, say it. Go, go ahead, say Roll Tide. I'm going to throw up. Roll up. Tide. Oh roll God. Tide, baby. Oh. Can I just say enema? Yeah, enema. there you go. That's, that's, that's probably going to make it into the name of this episode for sure. Yeah, there you go. No, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this episode and you can catch all of our episodes online as as well on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Suds and Smokes on iTunes or the Google Play Store. We love your feedback as well, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com and on Twitter at, at sipsudsmoke as well. I want to thank my host for being here today, good old boy Jason. Glad to be here. Good old boy John. Glad you came to the house. <laughs> good old gal Carrie Ann. Roll Tide. Made man Brent. <laughs> you can't say you've been drinking all day if you don't start in the morning. Ah, here you go. <laughs> Made man Bob, thanks for being here. You can't say you've been drinking all day if you keep saying Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> And a good old boy, our meat. Roll Tide. Oh, man. 
just Nick the Saban perpetual buzzer. <laughs> Please come back. Let us insult you, Skittle Boy Mike, asking you to keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.